when it comes to heating up your business, it's all about making more bacon. And that requires an expert with a particular set of skills. You need a Baconologist. Building authentic connections, online networking, through social selling, relationship marketing, mindset and training. Yeah, that's bacon. Get ready, because we're about to fry up a sizzling success strategy. This is the Bacon Podcast with your host and business Baconologist, Brian Basilico. It's a lot of bees, man. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps. I have an amazing guest. This is a a young gentleman, and I say that with all respect. He is somebody who started up this great concept, and I was so intrigued by it, I wanted to have him on the podcast. And his name is David Lopez, and he's with a company called Gritly. They're based out of Denver, and he is a new entrepreneur that is going to, I think, change the world. So, David, man, how are you doing? Fine. I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, I one I, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to to come on on your podcast. Um, it, it's been great to to speak with you, and um, yeah, I'm I'm doing well and excited to to share more. Well, I'm excited for my audience to get to know about you and your concept and what you do. So, but before we dive into that, what I like to do is get my audience to understand your journey. You know, how did you go from where you were to where you're at? So, how did you go from being a fast food chef cooking up? orange chicken to somebody who's cooking up an idea that helps people who maybe couldn't find a job or go to college actually succeed in this world. How'd you go down that road, man? Yeah, no, it, it, it's definitely been a, a windy road, uh, you know, per se. I, uh, you know, starting off as a chef at, at Panda Express, I was able to, you know, really understand and identify where I really wanted to be. And that was not in a kitchen working for somebody else. And so that's where I kind of had this first bug around like, okay, well, if I'm not going to work for anyone else, I still need to make money because I was in high school. Um, and from there I actually became a private tutor. Um, and, and being a private tutor was my first access to having more money than a typical high schooler, you know, probably should have. And then two was this first aspect of getting an emotional paycheck and that emotional paycheck really came from seeing my students grow and develop um, from having three to four tutors that they were working with at a time to seeing their parents cut down to having our students just work with me and seeing you know seeing them grow and develop was like okay well I'm, I'm having impact on the on these young students that look like myself uh, you know growing up from a low-income background um, I was able to see what it was like to struggle and to not have access to resources. And so for me to be able to play that role and be a resource for other students was really something that intrigued me from the jump. So fast forward a little bit uh, to when I was graduating high school and before going into college, I was able to work with a talent agency. Um, but even beyond the talent agency, I was, I was able to you know work with a startup. And the startup was really what exposed me to the world of technology and startups and Silicon Valley. And my entire world flipped upside down because I, I realized that there's all these amazing people behind all these companies that, you know, I, I really admire, whether that be Apple or Microsoft or, you know, even just Twitter. Right. And, and so once I understood how these companies are built and what it takes to build them, I was automatically intrigued. And I said, I want to be able to do that. And so I was able to go to uh, University of Colorado where uh, I, you know, I studied business. And from there, I was exposed to the vast differences between my experience going to the large state school on full scholarship 
compared to one of my best friends in the world, Oscar, who was someone that was just as talented and just as qualified as I was, but he didn't get the scholarship. And so he's at community college. And, and from there, we're able to really see, you know, the access to opportunities and lack thereof. And so I'm over here telling Oscar, Hey, this company came to campus and this company came to campus and they're offering internships and full-time positions. And I have so many options and talking to Oscar, he was just like, that's so cool, but we don't have any of that. And so for me, I, I automatically took a step back and was like, okay, well, there, there's something wrong with that because Oscar and I are both individuals that will take advantage of opportunities when they're given to us. But if Oscar doesn't have any opportunities that are given to him through his school, that's not his fault, but that's, that's kind of a, a bigger problem. And so I, I looked at what are the alternatives to, to breaking into the workforce. And of course, there's, you know, the, um, the code coding boot camps such as General Assembly, Lambda School, Galvanize, things like that. But for a low income kid like myself, where I didn't even own a laptop uh, before college, and let alone knowing any engineers um, within my family, because I'm the first one to go to college, I was like, okay, this was a huge learning curve. It was a lonely process, and it just wasn't for me. And I understood that. And so I looked and said, what, what are the other ways people break into tech? if you're not an engineer. And so that's where we, that's where we landed on sales. And so we took that bootcamp model and we pretty much have spent the, the past, you know, 12 months developing and building a curriculum that uh, would actually get our students hired and, and be an alternative to college if students don't have the, the ability to go to the big state school. Um, so that, that's kind of the, the quick overview of, of how I, you know, came from a chef at, at Benny or uh, not Benny on uh, Panda Express to now being, you know, running greatly. Awesome, man. And it's an amazing story. And I think, you know, first and foremost, you identified a problem, you know, and that was that your friend wasn't given the same opportunity as you, which is huge, and especially in today's marketplace. I think the second thing is you've identified that there's a need for salespeople and especially trained salespeople at an entry-level position. And so what you've done is you've created this company around educating people that may not have an opportunity and getting them positioned to do what they need to do. And the cost to them is what? So the cost to our students is actually nothing. Um, nothing financially, right? And so mm -hmm. the, you know, nothing is ever free. But for our students, we just want you to invest in yourself by giving your full effort in our program. We, the way we do it, the way we set up our business models is we don't succeed unless our students do. We're not making money unless replacing our students. So that was one thing that was definitely really important for me being that, you know, I, I've seen students go to, to big universities and go into a bunch of debt just to not have a job lined up for them after, um, after college, even though they just spent all this money for all this training and, and hope for the placement, but they don't get it. And so for us, it was, we need to align our incentives directly with our end user, which is our students. And so for that, uh, you know, students are, are able to go through the program completely free with the hopes that they're investing in themselves taking advantage of the resources and opportunities that we provide in hopes that at the end of the program, they already uh, have multiple offers and are able to then pick in which, you know, and decide what, what company they want to go and start their sales career with. Yep. And in full disclosure too. So, you know, the bottom line is the students don't pay anything, but 
when you place those people at a job, then the company kind of gives you a finder's fee like a recruiter, but not necessarily the same. So, you know, it, it's a for-profit business, but I think the model makes a lot of sense because there are, you know, there's people out there that are hungry to learn, that are willing to work, that are looking to do this thing. And the other thing that you're doing is, is the cost of college has gone up like three times over the last, I don't know, it's 10, 20 years or something like that. It's been, it's insane, the amount of cost <laughs> when you graduate. So, you know, even my kids who, you know, went to college, I mean, they're still paying off their student debts, you know, at this point, to, you know, 10, 20 years into the mix. And so you're giving these people an opportunity to walk into, you know, maybe a lower level paying job to start out, but the opportunity for them to grow into that and get to six figures and be a rock star is there. And that's, that's cool. Well, and, and that's exactly it, is this idea of how can we give our students access to economic mobility? which, you know, how can we get them to have the opportunity to buy a house or to start a business or to go on family vacations? These were all things that I grew up without, you know, having seen my, you know, growing up with a single mom and having seen her struggle with money was something that I was like, okay, well, you know, we're worried about food on our table and roof over our heads. So we're definitely not thinking about all these other things. And, and that was one thing that I said, okay, well, college can absolutely be great, but if they're going to go to college and they're going to go into debt, then they're going to be focused on paying off the debt before they might be able to go in and, and purchase that home. And, and that's not what I want our students to, to go through because they're already coming from backgrounds in which they've overcome adversity. And so for us to be able to provide them access to economic mobility and, and even, uh, you know, sales is one of those entry level positions that you don't need a degree for. But a lot of recent grads are ending up in those positions, whether you studied marketing or accounting or, you know, they don't they don't have uh, sales majors. So, you know, the, the students that are going into sales are coming from a, a you know wide majority of, of backgrounds because we understand that once our students are able to cover their basic costs, their mindset will be able to change. And when their mindset changes, their work ethic changes. And when the work ethic changes, everything around them starts to change and, and move in a really positive manner. And so for me, to, growing up in a low-income household, to be able to turn around and say, look, we don't always have to stay um, you know, within, within low income. Here's an opportunity to really break out and go and get the same jobs that college graduates are getting is exactly where we want to be as a team and as a company. So, so let's talk about your curriculum a little bit. I mean, obviously you've designed this because you've worked in some of those companies. And, and again, you know, there's lots of sales training companies out there and there's lots of people that do this thing, but what are you finding with, you know, the audience of students that you're finding, um, that they need to learn in order to walk into a sales position with a tech company, uh, ready to hit the ground running. What what are the key components to what you're teaching them? Yeah, so so we've actually have, have been able to take in a lot of learnings recently around what are what absolutely matters. Because mind you, we're a twelve week program. That's three months. That's not that's not a four year degree, right? And so for us, it was we need to make sure we fit in everything without overloading and giving our students you know too much. And so for us, it's it's really around first things first is really helping our students understand what sales really is on a B2B level. A lot of our students are coming in where they think, oh, you know, sales, what's that? That's the used car salesman trying to trick me out of my money. 
Well, actually, no, 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 no. It's not any of that. It's actually, you know, really around building relationships, maintaining relationships, taking care of your customers. And if you really want to, you can control your paychecks. So if you're a hustler and you just want to get in and get your money and, and get through numbers, you can do that too. And so that that's week one. And, and that's something that, you know, really separates us because of the, the group that we choose to work with, where our students are, you know, like I said, coming from backgrounds where they've overcome adversity. And so that's, you know, week one, we walk them through contacting, prospecting, nurturing relationships, overcoming objections, you know, but all, all the sales trainers do that, right? What we also add in, though, is our ability to give our students access to technology and tools training. So we walk them through Here's how to properly write a formal email and how to match the energy of whoever you're, you're speaking with or, or, you know, those those prospects. Here's how to set up a LinkedIn profile to stand out and utilize your background to say that, hey, you're not that you're not the typical applicant, but you're more qualified because X, Y and Z. And then even getting into CRM systems such as Salesforce and HubSpot. And when we combine all of these uh, aspects of our curriculum beyond the, the technical training the technology and tools, and then the, in, the social interactions and working on teams that we provide throughout the, the curriculum, we're able to set our students up for success beyond what these college graduates are coming out of with, because they don't teach Salesforce and HubSpot in school. And you're just expected to know how to you know formally write these emails and all of that. And so we're setting these students up to be just as qualified, if not more qualified than the typical university graduate. Yeah, you're definitely giving them a good leg up to hit the ground running, which is huge. I mean, that that's incredible. So, number one, where do you find your students or how do they find you? You know, is it word of mouth at this point or are you guys advertising or how are people finding you? And then, you know, how does somebody apply and what are the criteria that says this person can come and this person can't? Because I can't imagine, you know, if you had a thousand people call you today, you couldn't probably handle that, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So the early on, yeah, it's definitely has been word of mouth. Like I said, I I grew up in a low income neighborhood and went to low income schools. And so I, I have almost immediate access to all these individuals that I was like, Hey, look, you didn't have access to the right opportunities, but I know how hard you work. And I know where your motivations are at, whether that be to break your family cycle of, you know, ne never having a, a true career and, and, or wanting to take care of your parents or move them out of this neighborhood and move them into another. These, these motivations run very deep and they actually spill over quite a bit into their work ethic. And so those are individuals that I want to, I want to work with and I want to bet, bet on. And so thankfully it's, it's been a part of my immediate network, but beyond that, we're also working with, uh, you know, a, a few universities loosely to get access to their, their diverse students and more importantly, their, their veteran student networks. Um, you know, we, we want to work with veterans because we know that they're coming in with the ability to overcome adversity. And I mean, that's just how it is with all students that we're looking for is, do you have grit? And do you have the ability to overcome adversity? Because if you're sitting on a call or, you know, you're sitting making cold calls and you get hung up on 10 times in a row, is that going to be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life? And if the answer to that question is yes, then chances are we're, we're probably going to go in a different direction. But if not, and, and you, you've overcome some things and whether that be personally or professionally, but you're ready to take that next step and you're ready to be resilient. That's exactly who we want to work with. And when it comes to being overflown with, with students, I mean, yeah, we're, we're definitely in a, in a position now where we're, we're actively fundraising so we could grow our team to be able to ensure that we can confidently invest in our students, the curriculum and delivery, and most importantly, that student experience in order to achieve 
uh, the student's desired outcomes. Okay, so now let's take it to the other perspective. So you, you've got somebody who's graduated and they're ready to go and they've, you know, you've placed them with the company, they're working with the company. What is the coolest feedback that you've gotten from one of the companies where you placed one of your students? What, what, what kind of things are they saying? So my favorite one, I actually just heard this this week, was that, so our, one of our students was hired in a, in a group of three. So there was one, one individual who went to our bootcamp, one individual who had no previous professional sales experience, and one individual who came from another, uh, another startup as a SDR. Um, and so, you know, there's kind of the, there's a, almost like an expert in this co cohort, there's a newbie, and then there's our student, right? And so, but the new thing is, is our, she, we're finishing up uh, her, her first month at this company. And she has the highest closing rate out of all three of, of the, these new hires. And so, you know, she's, she came out swinging, but it was that work ethic and it was everything that we helped prepare her for along with her company's training that has now allowed her to, she, she's made the, the lowest amount of calls, but has closed the, the highest number of sales. And that's exactly what we're looking for is that efficiency to say, look, when, when we get our students on the phone, they close, you know, because you could get anybody to make a hundred calls a day, but when you get someone on the phone, how is that interaction going? And we can say that our students close. That's awesome, dude. So what does it look like going forward? I mean, where, you know, obviously there's capacity issues, you know, you're going to have X amount of people and go through the program. How do you envision this going on? I mean, and, and one of the things I'm thinking about immediately off the top of my head is, you know, I can imagine people are going to listen to this and saying, I want to hire one of David's people, but they don't necessarily have a full-time position. Um, are you thinking about maybe creating a bank of people that could be, you know, um, you know, salespeople that would work remotely for other companies or, or what are you looking at for the future? What is, what does your future look like with this? Yeah. So, so one, we are, we are 100% remote already. Um, so, so remote work is, is what our students are, are going to be used to off the bat. But two is we actually offer micro apprenticeships for our students in the last 25% of our, of our program, meaning they're able to interact with these employers from week three start to feel, you know, what kind of companies, you know, they want to work with, what kind of products they want to sell, what those structures look like, what these offer letters will potentially look like. But then from there, the companies will be able to say, okay, well, let's have a trial period and let's see if this person will be a right fit and we'll have them and we'll bring them in for a micro apprenticeship where they'll be able to get hands-on experience, almost, you know, pretty much an internship. But what separates that is this ability to have mentorship. So we ask our companies that partner with us and say, hey, beyond the financial investment you make with us, we want you to invest your time and energy with us to ensure that whoever's going to be placed is going to be the right fit. We're not just putting warm bodies in seats. We're making sure our students are staying and, and staying retained in order to increase performance for your sales team. And so for that means giving them access to a mentor and giving them access to office hours and allowing them to ask questions and fail and, and kind of, you know, learn as they go with hands-on experience, but being able to do all of that in the setting of a company that they could potentially be working with. And then from there going to the interview process and see if they can earn an offer from that company, if it's a mutual fit. I love what you're doing. I love the fact that you're, you're taking your passion and your um, social cause of trying to help people get a leg up and helping these startup companies find great candidates. I mean, just the combination of the three is just amazing. And I can see, uh, man, you got a bright future ahead of you. <laughs> and so I think that people are going to want to get a hold of you, not only to um, 
you know, to maybe potentially just find some people to hire, but also maybe some, maybe they have some recommendations of, of people that might be a good fit for your program too. And, and you know, maybe just to interview you like I'm doing. So <laughs> if people want to get a hold of you, man, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on Twitter. My, my handle is DG l zero p e z and then that that's that's number one email of course is david at gritly g-r-i-t-l-y dot u-s and then our website is g-r-i-t-l-y dot u-s as well um especially if, if i can be a resource for any individuals that are thinking about making that jump into a, a career in tech david man this has been amazing and i I love the, like I say, I love the concept. It's kind of a, you know, it's a profitable pay it forward kind of way of doing things. And I think that's really super cool. And I think that you're, you're going to revolutionize the way that people look at sales. And you're also going to revolutionize the way that people look at maybe finding a job. Um, I think this is a great concept all the way around. And uh, man, I really appreciate you coming on, dropping some sizzling hot bacon knowledge bombs on my peeps. And I cannot wait to get to together with you maybe six months or a year down the line checking and see how you're doing man so thanks so much for coming on thank you brian it was great to speak with you and it's just all about understanding that everything i'm working on is is just bigger than myself but um yeah we'll definitely look forward to catching up thank you for letting us sprinkle some bacon bits into your brains want some more learn more about this podcast and our guest experts at baconpodcast.com have questions send them to ask brian at baconpodcast.com until next time, keep sizzling. And remember, it's all about the bacon. <laughs>